It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Emmy fans, if you want to predict who's going to win the Emmys this year, you better pay attention to a change in the voting patterns of the past few years that, quite frankly, is bedeviling all of us. And we know this better than just about anybody in the world. That's because these Gold Derby editors are Daniel Montgomery, Susan Wazena, Marcus James Dixon, and Tom O'Neill. And Daniel, you first here. Explain what I'm talking about. We're talking about... The voting changed three years ago, where in the old days it used to be that uh, you benefited from being nominated against a co-star. But these days, not so much. Or is that true? Um, well, yeah, what happened was we used to look uh, back at Emmy history and see, like, the Sopranos women would be nominated against each other, Lorraine Bracco and Edie Falco, and Edie Falco would win. All the modern family people nominated against each other, and one of them would usually win. That was because in the old system there was a ranking uh, of the nominees. Um, so if, you know, you were a big fan of Modern Family, you could take the four nominees from Modern Family and go first, second, third, fourth, push everyone else down to the bottom, and one of the Modern Family actors is likely to win. Uh, then they switch to a plurality vote, and the difference there is that you're just picking one winner out of an entire list of nominees. So if you have, say, four Game of Thrones actresses nominated or something, um, then you have to choose one or the other or the other or the other. That amount of support divides and so you might see an actor from another show uh that that has all the support concentrated in one place uh get that win instead uh, and one more thing in the old days it was uh a case of of just about 50 to 70 people in a category voting we're talking about acting categories here now all members of that branch vote so all 2000 plus members of the tv academy's actors branch vote in the old days, it was about 50 to 70 who would volunteer to watch a sample episode from every single nominee and then do this ranking process that Daniel just talked about. And so, and we often found whoever had the strongest or most dynamic episode won. So the Modern Family case, for example, would be, if you're, if you're Eric Stone Street, uh, you're, the voters are actually seeing Four Eric Stone Street performances up against, let's say, somebody from whatever the other comedy series is. It's amazing, for example, that, that John Cryer won for Two and a Half Men in those years, right? So uh, because it, it uh, you know, size matters, quantity matters, and it often helped if you were not. In, in the Sopranos case, let's say, for example, uh, Elaine Bracco, uh, uh, because she had a more subordinate, you know, less of a demonstrative role on the Sopranos, 
there would be Edie Falco, you know, giving one of her blockbuster turns in that episode submitted by Lorraine Bracco. So all of a sudden that benefited, uh, you know, Edie Falco so much. Marcus, what about this year? And, and I was going to mention one other thing, Desperate Housewives. Remember when all the Desperate Housewives were nominated together? You had this theory that Felicity would win. Am I remembering right? Because no, I was I was on the Marsha Cross thing. And what oh, I had okay. and taking this into into account, Felicity Huffman pulled off an upset. And it was because um, Marsha Cross submitted a really good Felicity Huffman's episode was OK. It was kind of, it was the pilot. It was kind of boring. But boom, um, uh, Marsha Cross was quite uh, not savvy enough to submit this really great episode, more dramatic for Felicity Huffman, as opposed to the comedic one she submitted. And it was her best comedy actress. That, it threw the vote. But now, anyway, Marcus, uh, keep explaining. It's different. Well, this year, I mean, there's a lot of categories with, with potential vote splits, but I think one in particular is one people should pay attention to. And I've, I've kind of been ringing the bell on this one for a few weeks now. It's best actress in a drama series. You have Sandra Oh and you have Jodie Comer, both nominated, both very deserving. Ask some people who love Killing Eve, they're going to say Sandra's the best. Ask other people, they're going to say Jodie's the best. And frankly, I've been hearing a little more Jodie votes just, you know, on the street. But both are going to get votes. We know that. Sandra Oh won the Globe for this show. She won the Critics' Choice. She won the SAG Award. She didn't win the Emmy last year. So maybe this year... In addition to all of her Grey's Anatomy love, she, she may finally win. But Jodie Comer is going to get a lot of votes. So if this happens that both ladies split the vote, you could see a potential surprise in this category. And I think the surprise could be Laura Linney for Ozark. Other people think maybe Amelia Clark for Game of Thrones. The other nominees are Robin Wright, Mandy Moore, Viola Davis. We could see something shock, shocking happen here. And don't be surprised if it happens. You need to remember, oh, yeah, Gold Derby warned me that this could happen. Uh, <laughs> but right, there's baby. Other, there's other categories, too. I mean, there's I, pretty much every category has a vote split situation that we could talk about here. Well, that's right. And um, starting with um, supporting actresses in uh, comedy, there's Alex Borstein and Myron Henkel. And then um, Alex won last year, but it'll be interesting to see if she can uh, beat her co-star. And then in Fleabag, there's Olivia Coleman and Sean Clifford going against each other. And uh, in supporting uh, actors in a comedy, there's Henry Winkler, Stephen Root, and uh, Anthony Kerrigan. And then... You mentioned Sandra and Jody, but also for the drama um, lead men, there's uh, Sterling K. Brown and Milo Vitiglio. But the real game of votes is <laughs> in the category for uh, the sporting ladies for Game of Thrones because you have Maisie, Luna, Gwendolyn, and Sophie Turner there. And even with, um, there's, I think uh, this is, Supporting the calls, uh, calls all um, actors are going against each other. And then um, Game of Thrones, um, there's three guys too, I believe. So, well, all right, Susan, let's stick with um, the game, one of the Game of Thrones ones. 
let's and let's recall that you had the best score among all the experts last year. In the yeah, it wasn't much of a score, but it was the best. <laughs> right, so, uh, uh, how did you do it? I mean, you didn't go into all this theorizing. Then you were kind of new to the Emmys. Uh, if if you could get back into your headspace right now with what whatever your strategy was to pick the right answers last year, what would you pick for for Game of Thrones drama supporting actors, where we have four of them? What would you do as a voter, and what do you think is going to happen here, and why? Well, I think um, what do I have here? Let's see. <laughs> Let's make up. Um, well, right now I have. I'm sorry, um, Laura Lenning. <laughs> because no, no, that's the wrong category. That's lead drama actors. I'm talking oh. about drama actors. Oh, I'm sorry, performing. Yeah. Okay. So are you oh, going with Maisie? Julia Garner getting it. Oh. So you think the vote split will happen in this category where the, the four Game of Thrones well, will possibly Yeah, this category. And... Um, you know, there's only two people who aren't from Game of Thrones, and the other one's Killing Eve. I think I read somebody picking her somewhere on their site. Yeah. And what's uh, what's interesting about uh, this category in particular um, is that poor, poor Game of Thrones had this happen to it a couple of years ago. Um, a few years ago when they had Maisie nominated, uh, Lena nominated, and Amelia Clark back when she was in the supporting category, uh, they were all nominated in the same year. They lost to Maggie Smith for the last season of Downton Abbey. Maggie Smith was the only nominee in that category for Downton Abbey that year. So it's easy to see that a vote split might have taken place. But, that's, but a Maggie Smith thing, though, is different, though, Daniel, right? It's a, that, that was a Maggie Smith thing happening there. It wasn't... Mm -hmm. Wasn't the night dynamics of mathematics in a boat? It was a little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I could imagine. I mean, by by that time, the the sort of Lena Headey is overdue narrative had started to pick up, um, and that was the most nominations Game of Thrones had ever gotten in that category. It had it broke in actors who had never been nominated before, so the actors branch clearly loved it. And we saw that none of them could win uh, when they were up against each other. And that's not the only time that it's happened uh, in Emmy history uh, and not the only time it's happened to Game of Thrones in Emmy history. So it's something that, that show in particular needs to watch yeah. out. All right, so Marcus, take it away. The Game of Thrones year, Kit mm -hmm. Harrington, we thought it was the big yeah. John Snow year. We, we thought for sure he was going to win. And what hell? What happened? How the hell did it? Yeah. He really should have won this. This that was his first nomination, and he was the talk of the town. Jon Snow, the season of Jon Snow, and if he was alone in that category, I guarantee you he would have won. But all the Game of Thrones fans split the vote. Peter Dinklage got a lot of votes. Kit Harrington got a lot of votes. And what happened? A complete shock happened on Emmy night. Ben Mendelsohn won. He wasn't even there. He looked at his Gold Derby odds and said, "Oh, Kit Harrington's <laughs> got this. I'm not even going to show up." And he ended up winning. And Kit Harrington, I'm so sorry. Like, you brought your family over from England because you thought you Ireland, were winning yeah. the Emmy. Ireland. And uh, it was so disappointing. But I, I think this year for supporting actor, even though three Game of Thrones guys are nominated, I don't think this will be a vote split situation. And by that, I mean, I think Peter is so far ahead of the other two, Alfie Allen and Nikolai Custer Waldo, that. He, Peter's going to get all the votes. This isn't a situation like Killing Eve where both ladies are going to dominate. I think Peter is so far ahead of those other two guys that 
he's going to win easily. And the other two guys may be in like fifth and sixth place. Yeah, and I think the other thing about um, the Game of Thrones supporting actors is that, you know, they're not the only ones at risk of splitting the vote. You've got Giancarlo Esposito and Jonathan Banks both nominated for Better Call Saul. And both strong. never won a single yeah. Emmy, so the fact that they're trying to get a not- get the show's first ever win in any category against each other, they, they might just siphon away from each other. And, you know, so Peter Dinklage could lose votes to his co-stars and still win because, you know, his, his competitors are have, have to worry about vote splitting too. Well, Susan, let's stick with your predictions. Uh, who, is, who do you have currently for? Because what, what I like about deferring to you on this is a drama supporting actor, I'm, I'm calling you on now, is what I like coming to you about this for is maybe we're all so full of BS here and we just need to follow our instincts, which is I yeah. I think happened or just whatever reason drives your vote. Oh, I don't know. I I I have to say I I don't have time to watch that much TV, so I just kind of go with my gut sometimes. But last year was easy. I just put Mrs. Maisel in every category, even if she wasn't here. <laughs> But it's not going to be so easy this year. I think there's more um, competition for her. So, so who was your prediction for supporting actor this year? For um, comedy or drama? A drama support, drama. Oh, We're going to go over. Stay there. Give it to me both. Give me drama. Inklage. I'm going with because I like him. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Okay, uh, that may be perfectly valid. By the way, what about? Uh, Let's switch over to comedy supporting actor because this is where it really gets interesting. Uh, read off the nominees for us. Okay, you got Alan Arkin, The Kaminsky Method, Tony Shalhoub, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tony Hale for Veep, and then the three Barrys, uh, Henry Winkler, Stephen Root, and Anthony Kerrigan. What's your prediction currently? I am kind of drawn to both Tony and Alan, but you only get one vote, Susan. Okay, I know. I put Alan Arkin in because he's sort of like Maggie Smith. Mm. And he's, oh. Emmy. he's been nominated four times. He never won. Okay. So there you go. And it's a, a show about acting and all that kind of thing. Right. Well, you know who I think is in trouble in this in this category is last year's winner, Henry Winkler. He, last year, he didn't have any co-stars you know, to go up against. And he had this huge overdue narrative and he won. One of the easier predictions of the night, I think, last year. This year, he's up against Anthony Kerrigan, who was really good on Barry, and he was up, and he is up against Stephen Root, who was just phenomenal in Barry. I would say Stephen Root's role in season two was almost a co-lead role to Bill Hader. They had just increased this role so much. He's such a standout. So and Winkler I, didn't have that much screen time this year compared to last right. year. Yeah, compared to last year, he wasn't as he wasn't featured as much. It was mostly the Stephen Root show this year. So, uh, is this a Maggie Smith situation, Marcus? In other words, is this a case of where there was just so much love for Maggie Smith? I mean, come on, she's Maggie Smith. She's the one who says that the, the, that catty thing you're thinking in your mind, but she says it out loud in a room full of very snooty people. I think, yeah, I think it's a Maggie Smith situation. But the Maggie Smith is Tony Shalhoub. I think he's going to win, and he's going to ride the coattails of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I just have. Winning everything like Susan did last year, I think it's going to win pretty much everything this year. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I have Shalhoub also um, because 
And I have Shlub also because, um, yeah, he, he sort of has everything going for him. He's an Emmy darling. He won three times for Monk in the lead acting in a comedy category. He uh, He's the only nominee for Maisel in this category, and we know how much voters love that show from the fact that it won eight awards last year. Um, and he's got the Barry split. Um, Kaminsky method, Alan Arkin could win, but that show didn't perform as well as we thought it might have, didn't get in for best comedy series. So I feel like I don't, I don't think it's a lock for, for Tony Shalhoub, but I feel comfortable with uh, predicting Tony. Well, what does it mean when there's a lot of actors from one show? Does that mean the... That's, that's what we're trying to figure out. <laughs> to the, the series itself, does that mean usually there's more support overall? Yes, yes. And there's another pattern we need to pay attention to. Chris Beecham, our managing editor, brought this up the other day which was last year, almost all of the acting nominees for series, their shows were, that won, were, had, had their shows nominated. So in the case like Kaminsky method for Alan Arkin, was Chris's point, you know, maybe he's not as formidable as we think. It is a case like when he won his Oscar, it's the Veteran Achievement Award. And we often see it, especially in these supporting categories, right? Mm. And if you look at people- in anything here. <laughs> you'll see some nominees that maybe you, the average person doesn't know who they are, like Anthony Kerrigan, to, to name one, um, Sarah Goldberg, to name another. The reason these people get nominated is because their shows are so beloved. And if you're a voter, you can vote for as many, if you're an acting voter, you can vote for as many actors as you want. There's no limit. You during the vote. nomination process, yes. Dur yeah, during the nominations, you can, no you can choose to nominate 200 people if you want. Now only <laughs> the, the, the six or seven highest vote getters will get in, but that's where you see, you know, the love for Barry comes out so strong that they just mark every Barry actor they see on the ballot. Yeah, and especially in a case where it's a show that doesn't necessarily have the biggest A-list names. So, like, someone like Alan Arkin, sometimes you'll see Emmy voters, uh, you know, they, they love movie stars. They're, they're, they're sluts for movie stars, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> and so, so they'll see a name like Alan Arkin, beloved Oscar-winning actor, uh, and they can check off his name. But when you have lesser-known stars from a show also getting in, like Sarah Goldberg and like uh, Anthony Kerrigan, who aren't as, as much household names, uh, that shows you that voters are specifically paying attention to that show in particular, that they actually watched it, that they're actually fans of the show because they – they, they mm -hmm. picked out the people who you wouldn't necessarily think would be name checks. Okay, I want to quote the people who really know what they're talking about at Gold Derby, and that is our forum posters. Here is a wonderfully bitchy quote from <laughs> Montana82. The other day they were discussing this in our forums, right? And this is what he writes. People are just talking out of their ass at this point in regards to, <laughs> to actress, in other words, for the Killing Eve co-stars. He goes, there was no vote split last year in supporting actor, guest drama actor and actress, and numerous other categories in this new system, i.e. Dinklage over Nikolai, Sterling over Milo, Dowd over Samira, Samira over Jones and Jen Rett, uh, Ron Cephas Jones over Gerald McCraney, and when McCraney beat his co-stars. You could easily say that that the anti-Santo vote could, could vote split between Comer, Clark, Wright, and Linney. Marcus, what do you say about that? He brings up a lot out of his ass. <laughs> no, he brings up a lot of good points. And for every legitimate vote split that that I think is a vote split, there's another one that you think, oh, well, that doesn't fit the pattern. So I mean, this as we said at the beginning of this, this is only 
a few years old, this, this trend that we're noticing. So there's going to be outliers and there's going to be, you know, ex examples where it didn't happen, examples where it did happen. So we're still learning, but I think this year will be a defining moment where if, if, if Sandra O oh doesn't win, which I, I, my heart really wants her to win, we know why. If she doesn't win on Emmy night, this is why she didn't win. Well, you brought up an interesting point the other day, Marcus, which was about BAFTA, right? What happened there? That was interesting because, you know, Sandra, all these awards she won in America, she was not up against Jodie Comer. But the one time they go up against each other was the BAFTA TV Awards and Jodie Comer beat her. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the vote splitting is very, as Marcus said, it's it's very early in this new system, uh, which makes it really difficult to figure out because, I mean, you have a year like last year, uh, almost every category, acting category was won by an actor by themselves. Um, so you had uh, last year, I mean, uh, two years ago, Anne Dowd beat Samira Wiley for Drama Supporting Actress. The next year, Anne Dowd is up against two other uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale actresses, and Tandy Newton surprises. She wins. She's the only nominee in that category for Westworld. Matthew Reitz beat Reese for The Americans, beats the two This Is Us actors for Best Actor. Uh, so we saw it happen a lot, and then we see it not happen a lot, and it's really, mm -hmm. we're, we're all still trying to do the math on when it matters and when it doesn't. I think it's clear that it matters in some cases, but there are other cases where voters are just so in the tank for one particular nominee over the others in, in terms of co-stars that they, they manage to win easily. Um, but it's hard to tell exactly which cases those will be, who will draw more support than we're expecting from a front runner if they're on the same show. Um, this is this is one of those things where we're I, I feel like we're still collecting data as sci any scientists. We're still trying to you know refine our hypothesis. And I, I don't think we have a perfect conclusion yet. Well, Joy Singh would disagree with you, Ali, uh, the very smart uh, fellow editor of ours who would say, oh, no, and she, you know, simplifying the whole thing, oversimplifying things, let's be, uh, be clear here. To, under the old system, if you're nominated against a co-star, you win. Under the new system, if you are, you lose. In general is what Joyce would say, and it's said often here. But let's stick with this, this drama actress category while we're at it, because it's not just Jody versus uh, Sandra O. Oh. Uh, Susan, I want your thoughts on this. It's also Laura Linney, who has won an Emmy for every single role that she's been nominated for. And we have to be careful here because she did lose for one of her big C performances, but otherwise has won everything. Susan, she's a film star, Oscar nominee, beloved in the industry. Does the tr film star Laura Linney trump these TV stars, Sandra Oh and Jody, just because she's a film star? Well... Robin, right? Enable camera, enable camera. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Oops. We're, we're using a new video system, everybody watching this, so we're getting used to it. Okay. Uh, we just, there you go. Uh, okay. Well, you know, Robin, Enable camera, oh, Susan, I don't see you. You don't see me. Okay, one more time. There, okay. Okay. No, I, well, Robin Wright surprised me that she got in because I think, you know, the show might not, you know, after Kevin Spacey's problems, you know, it, I don't know if people are that enamored with it, but I, they put her in there and that surprised me. And that means something, I think. 
you think she could win? Um, maybe because it's the last season of the show, too. I don't oh, know. Oh, she's they- not gonna Robin Wright. She's not gonna win. My question. I think. I think they. Uh, Laura Linney is the sneaky candidate here. Do you think Laura Linney could win? What's has she won before for this role? No, she's, no. What she's, she's won for every single role she's ever been nominated for. Before. Oh, okay. Well, then I think you know that's why I put her on top because. Oh, you've got Laura Linney on top. Yeah, 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 yeah. Julia Garner and Laura Being out there, you know, even, I mean, Viola Davis is on there too, you know, movie star-wise, but, you know, I, has she she might have won before. Right? She won. Mm-hmm. That's, that kind of cancels her out. So, and they seem to like this Ozark show a whole lot. Yeah, highest rated original drama on Netflix right now. It exploded Mark- in nominations in season two. It got in for... Um, drama series that didn't get that last year. And I think she's so beloved in this industry. I'll tell a quick story. I was, I was doing an interview at, at our Gold Derby offices here in, in Los Angeles, and I was interviewing somebody who ended up not getting nominated. And when this person left the office, Laura Linney was coming up, and this person just went over to her, ran over to her, I love your show, when's it coming back? That is the kind of love she gets from her from her fellow uh, actresses in the industry, imagine what you know voters watching her think mm-hmm. of her. Yeah, yeah. I have a uh, Laura Linney ranked second. Uh, I have Sandra O oh in the top position because I feel like if there's a vote split, which there still might be, um, you know, the fact that Sandra O oh has, you know, she's overdue from her Grey's Anatomy days. She was nominated last year for Killing Eve. Uh, she's on a roll with all these other awards that she's won. So I feel like if voters are torn between the two, they might just lean that way because sort of it's her turn in a way. Um, so I have still have Sandra O oh on top. Uh, Laura Linney is second place to me. I think she's very close. Like if a vote split happens, she's going to be the most likely uh, uh, beneficiary of that. I also think we need to not underestimate Mandy Moore. Uh, she plays. The oh, most come on. No, 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 no. She plays the most sympathetic character in this show. She was snubbed for the first two seasons, but so was Tatiana Maslany, and then she was nominated for the first time for season three and won. Um, no, no, she lost the first time. Tatiana. No, no, she did not. <laughs> she won the first time she was nominated, and then she was nominated twice more and didn't win. I think you're wrong. I think I'm right. <laughs> I think she lost one and then came back the next year because um, anyway. But uh, so, Daniel, I'm very disappointed you're not going on the team because I often tease Daniel about uh, being very overly empathetic to what uh, the critical consensus is out there among the the blogosphere TV critics. Jodie Comer's the cool kid now. I Mm -hmm. mean, two ago it was Sandra Oh, but now you're going to get crucified by your buddies if you don't do this Jodie Comer thing. Um, Why not? I think I think Jodie Comer is is uh, fantastic. Um, I I think she could win. Um, and actually, I did look it up. Props to you. I was I did mistake that. Uh, yes. Why uh, do you ever question me, man? <laughs> Give me a, oh my! Have I ever you been wrong? wrong every up. other time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but still, it is still the case that Tatiana Maslany was snubbed for a couple of years. She came in. She eventually won. So Mandy Moore is still in it. The the critics. Uh, are, are, are really behind uh, Killing Eve and, uh, you know, Ozark. But we've seen that the Television Academy and the actors in the industry in general love This Is Us. It wins an acting award every year um, so far. It has 
uh, you know, like the vast majority of its nominations and wins of all its Emmy nominations and wins have been for acting. Uh, you know, she doesn't have a co-star to go up against. So I really do think Mandy Moore is in it. I don't think she's likely, but honestly, I think this is like a five-way race, to be honest. Um, where, uh, no, it's not. Take Mandy Moore out of there. Uh, Marcus, uh, <laughs> who is this year's Ben Mendelsohn? Because he didn't have it. He was dead that season, right? They were just, he was just appearing in, in uh, a couple of flashback scenes uh, in his show. So the fact that, that he beat Kit Harrington and Peter Dinklage and all these, these grandstanders in the category was surprising. I think it happened because he has the reputation as this auteur, as this indie film darling, actor's actor type. And so uh, just the love of him and the respect for him helped him to win there. So where in the co-star situation this year work mm-hmm. that surprise come? So you're saying if if there's a vote split, which non-person who's not in the vote split could could come up and win? No, 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 no. Among yes. Uh, well, hold on. What is my question? I don't even know. Uh, like I would say, looking at our odds, looking at our odds, someone that's in almost dead to last place is Stephen Root. That's wrong. He should be way higher on people's right. list. He could right. win this thing. And consider bumping him up, anyone who's watching this. Yeah, because it's a show about has an over, and, and Stephen Root also has an overdue narrative uh, like right. uh, Henry Winkler did. Henry Winkler, at least he'd been nominated before. Stephen Root has been a TV veteran for decades. He, this is his first ever Emmy nomination. Yeah. Yeah, he's more like Joe McCraney, right? Working for four decades, never even getting nominated. And then his first nomination, he could win. It's, it's, it's possible. And Stephen Root's been working it in Round Town, too. He even came to the Gold Derby Emmy party. Thank yeah. you, Steve. <laughs> well, I have news here on uh, Tatiana. Um, she didn't win in 2015. She did win for 2016, and then she was a nominee for 2018. Okay. Thanks for clearing that up. Never okay. again. Yeah, you. So, um, Susan, what? Take us through some. Stay on. Stay on, Susan. Hit enable cam. Come back. Come back. Share some of your other predictions, just in other categories. Okay, hold on. I want to know steal from you since you're the one who beat us last year. I want to know if Susan thinks Mrs. Maisel is going to win again. You know what? I don't. I don't think. <gasps> oh, no, I, have, I have it. I I have it for series. I have Julia Louise Dreyfus though in um, first place, and Phoebe, and then Rachel. I'm not so sure about Rachel winning again. So I put her down. Well, Julia Wee Dreyfus has never lost for V. She's won every single. Yeah. But there's always a first time, right? There is. And um, what, about, what are your big long shots that you're predicting for winners currently? That, that you all long shots. <laughs> you're breaking from the. Uh, breaking uh, from the pack? Um, let's see. Probably not many. Um, I, by the way, while Susan is doing this, I beat all the experts with the best a- a- Emmy predictions for nominations, but that rascal Marcus James Dixon beat me among the editors. He's not one of the editors' uh, ex- experts tribe, but right. uh, he. so that was well done, Marcus. For me, the hardest category is limited series because I think they're all rather, you know, there's no bad ones there, you know. And my heart goes to Fosse Verdon, but I think it might 
it's down to when they see us in Chernobyl going in. Marcus, come back. Come back and crow a little bit about your predictions here. <laughs> really, uh, you deserve it. So uh, how, how did you actually beat me and I beat all the experts, you scoundrel, you? I did not make any last-minute changes. I refused to do it because whenever I do that, I end up regretting it the next day. And I did not go out on a lot of limbs. I mostly went with, I, I tried to put myself in their head. Okay, if I'm a voter and I like Veep, I'm going to pick these three people from Veep. If I'm a voter and I like Fleabag, I'm going to pick these people from Fleabag. Of course, I didn't go overboard as much as the voters did. You know, they picked people I'd never even considered would get in. So we didn't even have some of them in our prediction summit. Right. For, for when they see us in particular, I think, Daniel, how many nominations for acting? Eight? Eight, uh, maybe? And eight acting nominations, which is the second most for a limited series in history. And I think we maybe had six of them in the Prediction Center. Uh, uh, we so did. We had six, which is impressive. Like, we had Anjali Ellis <laughs> in the Prediction Center. You could have predicted her if, if anyone had thought that was going to happen. Um, and I loved her performance. I'm thrilled that she got in. Uh, but, yeah, we didn't have um, uh, 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 Asante Black for Supporting Actor and uh, – uh, Marsha Stephanie Blake for supporting actress. Those were the two we didn't mm -hmm. have, and no one asked us to put them in there because nobody saw, nobody really saw those. Marcus, did you do anything different this year from your normal procedure? Here's what I did. Let me. Uh, here's I actually won my own game since I'm the editor of the site. Is I tried something different this year, and so what I did was was I was looking over the candidates. I didn't say I didn't put our, oh this one's going to get nominated in this one, which would you would normally do, of course. I did it the opposite. Oh, this, I just went through the list of candidates. That one's not going to get nominated. That mm -hmm. one's, not gonna, forget him. And so it ended up working. Um, I, don't, I don't think I did anything especially different this year, except for, you know, in the past, I would be changing predictions up until the last minute. Oh, no, he's not going to make it. She will. Uh, not, not that show, but this show. And I, I told myself I'm not doing that this year. I'm just going to accept my fate. Based on, you know, I think the last change I made, it, I put in Billy Porter and I took out somebody else. But it ended up that the person I took out uh, also got nominated. In other words, whatever change I made didn't affect my score because oh, it, it, it was a wash. Yeah, it, was, it canceled each other out. But it's funny, I, I didn't even have Billy in my predictions for the longest time to get nominated. Oh. Now I think he's going to win. Right. I agree. agree. Um, okay, any thoughts here, Daniel? Uh, wrap us up here. Take us home. Uh, I think if there's one thing I've learned for these nominations, we're talking about multiple actors getting in on, uh, you know, for these shows and potentially splitting the votes. Um, I think we actually, we're actually seeing kind of a reverse uh, situation where having multiple actors from a certain show, it, you have a better chance of getting nominated, but maybe a harder chance of winning. Because as Marcus said, you can check off on the nominations ballot as many actors from as many shows as you want uh, to be nominated, if you like a particular show, that increases the chances of everybody from your show getting in. So, you know, if we had to do this again next year and, and we had someone like a show like Fleabag that we know we think is going to do well and we think Olivia Coleman is going to get in there, well, Sean uh, Clifford would have a, a better chance of getting in too. Um, if we think they like when they see us, don't just think it's going to get one or two acting nominations. They're going to check it up and down the board. It's going to get in everywhere. Um, so I think that's the one thing that I, I'm going to look forward to next year in terms of predicting the nominations is, uh, is to predict a lot more multiples on shows that look particularly strong. Um, 
you know, like two, three, maybe even four nominees in, in a given category because uh, I think it's, you know, the strength of the show determines the strength of the acting contender at this point. And some a final wrap-up thought here to everybody watching and listening to the watching the video, listening to the podcast version. There are two changes in the voting we're talking about. First is it used to be 50 to 60 people would, would vote in a category, in an acting category, and it, they would watch a sample episode submitted by each of the nominees as an example of their best work, and usually the strongest episode won. And if you were nominated against a lot of co-stars, that helped you because you're, they're actually seeing two or three of your performances instead of just one. That's one change in case we're confusing you. The other change is the plurality vote where it's no longer the ranking one, two, three, four, five, six, and then the, the nominee with the lowest score wins. It's it's now just checking off. And that's how Tatiana Maslany won. The first, I believe, perhaps the first time she was nominated, it was the old system. And so, um, uh, but the second year, or when, when, she, when she lost, the first year when she was nominated, I mean, and then when she won, she uh, it was a plurality vote. And why that matters and why that probably happened, I think we would all agree, is that Tatiana Maslany can win a plurality vote. There are enough people who are actually paying attention to that show uh, uh, on an ongoing basis. Her cool factor, she had won tons of critics awards, but she couldn't win a plural, uh, a consensus vote because everyone wasn't watching this BBC America show. And why that matters now is guess what network airs Killing Eve? BBC America, baby, does it matter? It's up to you to tell us. You are the uh, people who are uh, casting your votes, I hope, and making predictions at Gold Derby for the winners. All scores are tallied. This is your big chance to prove to the experts that you're the real expert. You know better than we do. And quite frankly, all of us know, many of you do. So so give us your predictions at Gold Derby now, and you can put them all the way up until the day of Emmy winners announced. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.